everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Marlin's Corner. Marlin's Corner, where we give you a movie review in under uh, 30 minutes. You get the first half spoiler-free, second half we spoil, we spill all the beans. So definitely uh, look out for that in the latter end. Uh, today's movie we're going to be going over is, of course, uh, The Army of Thieves, the prequel set before Army of Dead, which focuses on the German safecracker Ludwig Dieter, uh, who is a part of this top secret heist where they're going after these uh, very extraordinary safes uh, during the early stages of the zombie uh, apocalypse. This, of course, is directed and starred by Matthias Schweighofer, who also was the director of Army of the Dead. Um, so he lucks out and gets his own uh, spinoff prequel film in this version. When uh, asked about it in the beginning, Jack Schneider said that he just enjoyed uh, Matthias not only as a director, but as an actor, uh, and they would have loved more than anything to do a heist film uh, with him uh, being the sole focus. Uh, they even went on to describe it as hoping it could be genre-busting to do it uh, in that way. Before I get into those non-spoiler specifics, let's look at some of the other stars. We have Natalie Emmanuel, who's playing Gwendolyn. She's from Game of Thrones, of course. We have Goose Khan uh, as, as Rolf, R Ruby O'Keefe as Karina, and Stuart Martin as Brad, and Jonathan Cohen as Delacroix, uh, the uh, Interpol agent chasing them around the city. Now, off the bat, folks, this is a film that does film things. Um, if you spent a long day at work and you want to come home and sit down and reward yourself with a movie or a TV show, uh, I wouldn't necessarily pick this to be that reward for yourself. Uh, it is a very paint-by-numbers heist film. I know that Zack Snyder and the gang were hoping this could be like genre-redefying or genre-busting, but it, it's your real cut and dry heist film. Um, if you've seen any heist films, the Italian job, Ocean's 11, uh, this honestly, you can, it plays beat by beat. Like all of the films are pretty much designed by, uh, you can probably guess every character's motivation. Who's going to do what on the offset. Uh, this film also does this very, um, I don't know if it's Zack Snyder's influence or, or, or if it's Matthias, but there definitely is a lot of tongue in cheek re references to it being a heist like film. Uh, and I guess they're trying to be very, uh, aware, uh, of, of, the universe they happen to reside in, but it doesn't really come off as endearing. It comes off more or less of like, I don't need this. This is kind of pandering. I get what this film is about, and it's not really anything too shocking. Uh, it's also important to know that because Dieter is in the uh, the following film, Army of the Dead, we don't really feel uh, any um, intensity or feel any worry when he's in these uh, quote-unquote dangerous situations because we happen to know that Dieter is in the following film, Alive and Well. So any kind of plot convenience that puts them in a very precarious situation uh, or a will he survive, will he not survive moment, we kind of more or less know that this doesn't matter. We know that he's going to be alive in the next film. So we kind of lose uh, all that tension in these moments because we know he's going to be around in the next film. Had this been a prequel with different characters who we are not familiar with, we could potentially have that tension of, is this character going to live or not? But because we know that Dieter is a main character, uh, 
there is no fear of, of his character losing. And we don't really get to know the other characters all that well. We know that they're basically uh, tropes of the heist. We know that one of them is the muscle, one of them's the tech, one of them's the driver, and one of them is the leader. But that's kind of just personality traits as opposed to actual people. So we get very... Um, two-dimensional characters. They're very thin. The only character that we do get more backstory on is Dieter, um, but we get the benefit of having seen him in the other film, and with this film, he's more of a whole character, and everyone around him is just kind of uh, background. We don't really, you know, get anything from them other than like, oh, cool, that's his love interest, uh, but that's that's all we get out of this. Uh, I know that they're doing this really interesting uh, German thing. Um, this we know that in this movie, there are uh, three uh, vaults. Uh, if, if you saw the Armory of the Dead, you knew that there was this uh, Gutnachama, which was the the vault that was in Las Vegas that Dieter was very excited about and was really like jazzed to crack open. In this film, we get more about the, this specific lock and this locksmith and his um, magnum opus of these four safes he created. Uh, and we're, I mean, I'm still trying to piece together the importance of this German back lore with this zombie movie and why it's it's happening, why this is really important, and we never really kind of connected. It's kind of like, cool, this is your thing. I get it, but like, what's the overall connection to the zombie portion? We don't really kind of get those connections. It just kind of exists there as something cool to do, uh, which hey, you know, it is what it is. That's fine. You do you. And so that's basically the film is a heist film. From beginning to end, it's a heist film that happens to take place during uh, the zombie apocalypse. You don't see any zombies particularly in an in, in IRL in this film. Like, there isn't really a threat of zombies around and about. It's more or less kind of, um, you know... In the air, it's on the news, and I'll get into more details on the spoiler portion of this, but we don't really kind of feel uh, that this is necessarily a zombie film. They do take, uh, they do definitely take a few moments to remind you of that, but honestly, if they didn't remind you, you would forget that this film took place in that world at all, especially considering the surrounding environment. Um, so more or less, it's an okay film. I wouldn't go running to watch it. Uh, I know that, they, that Zack Snyder has it in his mind to do more of these. He didn't get to do the Snyderverse for WB or DC, so he's doing his Snyderverse Army of the Dead films that are coming out. He's working on a sequel um, with Shay. Uh, he's also working on an army anime prequel, another prequel. This one's an anime. It's called Army of the Dead Las Vegas. So he's in it for a long time with the specific genre of film he's doing. Um, so this is his standard verse right now. This is what he's looking forward to, to, to be putting out there in the world. Um, and hey, you know, do you, my man, I, I, I mostly do not care. Uh, but yeah, if you are looking for an interesting film, definitely shop around. This isn't one of those. You're just be sitting there and you'll most likely do other things because you can kind of beat for beat guess what's happening next. And that's our spoiler free version of this. Uh, and I'll give you a break now to kind of either, if you want to go check it out, definitely do so. It's up to you. Don't feel any pressure to y'all. Y'all can watch something else. I'm sure there's something better on Netflix to check out. But if you feel like you want to watch it, you can pause now and come back later and see if it all aligns in the spoiler edition. But we'll take a break right now. And we'll come back in just a moment. 
All right, everyone. Hey, 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 we're back. We're back. We're back. Let's dive into uh, the spoiler portion of this review. Now, as we uh, talked about, this film is about uh, a heist of uh, legendary, impossible to crack safes across Europe. The first issue that I have with this film is that these safes are said to be impossibly difficult to crack. They have upwards of 200 million 300 billion, 4 trillion combinations uh, that people have to guess to unlock them. Yet Dieter is able to, and again, this is an issue I had in the last film. He's able to solve these just by putting his ear to the, the, the vault and just turning them. There's no, there's no actual math done. There's no uh, sitting down and investigating other similar locks and things and trying to, to figure it out. He just shows up on the spot for all of these saves and just cracks them very simple. He just goes in there. He puts his ear. He just turns it. And he's able to figure it out like that. Um, now, again, this movie goes to insane lengths to remind us that these are not ordinary safes. They really make it a big deal to emphasize how impossible it is to crack these safes. Yet this man is with just an ear and enthusiasm unlocks all of these safes with multiple millions and billions and trillions of combinations. He does it in under an hour every single time or under three or under four hours. He just stands there. He, he needs no other equipment. He just his ear. Uh, and it's honestly because they put so much emphasis on how difficult these, these are to unlock. And because they sp spent so much time explaining how intricate these are, um, the believability is, is lacking for a lot of this. It's like, really like he cracked them with just his ear. Like, is he a superhero? Does he have super hearing? Does he have x-ray vision? He's just able just to turn this over and over again, like it's a cartoon and unlock it. And it's like done. It's a done deal. He needs no prep time. He's good to go. And it just, it falls flat on its face when you like fully just think about it. Like if it's that hard, there's no way they would allow it to be easily cracked by just listening to sounds up against uh, the door of it. That's one thing that's just like done uh, incorrectly. And also I, I think another big uh, issue that happens is that this takes place during the zombie apocalypse. Um, we see several segments where they're on the news talking about, oh, there's this rabies-like outbreak uh, in America, in Las Vegas. They go on and show you clips of like people being eaten on camera. For some reason, the rest of the world is not freaking out by this. Like, not at all. Like, everything's going normal, day-to-day. This isn't like 24-hour news coverage. There isn't like a uh, <laughs> there isn't like closing down of uh, of travel. There isn't a lockdown on the country or or, or, or or specific places. You would think if there was an infection of this rate, and mind you, we we you know are living in still a COVID time. Uh, if there was any kind of outbreak, they would fully lock places down again. We've seen it happen, particularly in the United States. It'd be one thing if this was like happening like in a third world country where maybe there's like the issue of like, is it just their problem? But if this is happening in the United States and there are other ally countries, you would bet there would be a lot of like lockdown protocols regarding cool. Like we need to make sure that the United States, no one's flying out of there and coming into our country. Yet this isn't really uh, a big deal in this film. They, I mean, they, they, 
they do give you a couple like jump scares as Dieter has like dreams about these zombies, but more or less, it's just played of like, oh, that's scary. Anyway, this heist. Uh, in actuality, it would be so much harder for them to jet set across places if governments are aware of, hey, there's this really uh, crazy zombie stuff happening. And uh, yeah, we don't want that spread. And so we're going to be doing our own protocols. Uh, we're going to be doing our own quarantine. It's going to be like, multiple checkpoints. Like there would have been a higher rollout of things if this happened, um, especially, you know, again, I think maybe this film has has uh, an, an issue now because, you know, we're living in a time where like these things are taken more seriously. Uh, but it just was kind of like there's no way that no one would be talking about, oh, there's zombies happening. This is this is wild. This is crazy. Like, what are we going to do about it? This would this would be an an every moment conversation of like, did you hear about those zombies? No one was talking about it. Like no one brought it up. It was kind of like anyway. This money, let's get it. So that took me out of it completely. I was like, no way that no one is like spiting issue with like, is no one talking about the zombies? Because they exist, y'all. This is happening. This is wild stuff. Didn't like it. Didn't appreciate it. Zombies are, are scary. Y'all need to talk more about this, these like zombies. Uh, also, I think the issue again, as, as I said in the, in the in the other in the other portion of the free uh, spoiler, is that all the characters were very two dimensional. Um, you had the love interest who immediately uh, has feelings for Dieter after, after having met him one time. Uh, you have the the muscle who also likes the love interest. This is a weird love triangle. You have the techie who is just always, you know, in the, the, the van. And you have the driver. We don't know anything about the driver. We know nothing about his, his personal story. We know nothing about the techie. We know some about the muscle and some about Gwen, but like not enough. And I mean, even looking at the promotion for this film, Dieter is in front. Like if you look at the, the flyer or the profile image of Army of Thieves, every single character is behind Dieter to kind of emphasize, hey, none of these characters are important. The only important character is Dieter. Uh, it's, it's the only character that you'll come away from this film thinking about and having uh, a plethora of knowledge around because he's the only person that this film fully uh, fleshed out. Everyone else was just given basically high stereotypes and you kind of just dealt with that. They also, at some point, Dieter becomes way more... Uh, he becomes more of a comic book person. Like He outwardly says the word gulp when he's in anxious situations, which happened multiple times. And I don't understand. That's like a German thing that Matthias wanted to include or a Zack Snyder thing. It just didn't feel real that in this heist film, one of your characters outwardly says the word gulp, like he's in a cartoon. <laughs> and at some point the characters are always are, are asking him, did you just say gulp? And he goes, yeah, I'm nervous. And I say gulp when I'm nervous, like I'm from a, Hanna-Barbera cartoon and it was just it was it was way too hokey like Dieter at some point is like oh we're like a, a heist team and every one of you has a specific set of skills and it's like cool we know what we're getting into you name me it doesn't make it any less worthy of calling out how like 
basic this premise is. Uh, we even get this really weird thing that also took me out when they're doing their first heist of a bank and he's nervous and they're saying, oh, hey, it's going to be super simple. And it goes, how do you know? And, and they like go through the steps of what they're going to do. Very Ocean's Eleven like. And then the weirdest thing at the very end of them describing how it all works out, uh, Dita character is, is like, oh, how do you know it's going to work like that? And they're like, oh, we already did it. And he just looks into the bag in his lap and he's like, oh, the money is there. And it's like, I don't understand why you chose to include that. You had him walk in there in this apparent flash forward and unlock the, the vault and bring back the money. And is he so anxious that he forgot that he did all those things? It was the weirdest scene, and it just it just plays for I'm, I'm guessing a laugh. It just didn't ring true. It just didn't ring as an interesting moment, uh, and it's just full of these tropes that we've seen in all these other films. And it ultimately fails to I think be imaginative, to be as genre busting as Zack Snyder had hoped. Uh, it just serves to be uh, a prequel that exists on Netflix that more or less adds to Zack Snyder's universe. That honestly, I think. He's still riding high on that Snyderverse uh, four-hour DC cut. Like, he's still riding high on that energy. And, uh, y'all, we got to remind him that that, that four-hour cut was at best mid. Like, it wasn't great. It was mid. It was too long. And it maybe added a few details here and there, but it was just okay. And now he's dropping all these other projects around this film, uh, this zombie film. And it honestly wasn't good. It was barely entertaining, uh, and it was almost two hours of just uh, filler, just random lines dropped in there to be funny, to be fourth wall breaking, and it just was not worthwhile, honestly. Uh, and I'm worried that he's going to keep making more like these of like, oh, I'm so edgy. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do these things. And I'm starting to realize that he's most likely going to be doing these prequels or these spinoffs that he's going to try to insert them into other uh, genres of films. Um, he, this was, this was his heist film, but also was his rom-com as well. But it, felt way too hokey uh, to do all those things he was trying to set out to do. Maybe the anime is going to set out to be some other kind of uh, Akira rendition. Who knows? But you can already tell he's trying to flex his uh, artsy muscles and they're just not doing great. So we'll see what happens next. But Army of Thieves is not worth the watch. It's not worth the two hours it takes to even get through uh, just the amount of bad dialogue bad scene cutting. There are several moments where a character is facing one direction and they cut the scene or, and they cut and, and there's like a, a real hard cut and they're facing a different direction or at some point towards the end of the film um, when they're of course being chased by Interpol the whole time uh, and they get to the, the end of the film where uh, his love interest Gwen uh, somehow convinces an agent from Interpol to not arrest Dieter, even though he's the one who's unlocked all the vaults and made a part of the heist, but just to arrest her. And the Interpol agent decides, yeah, even though I have backup coming, I will just arrest you. And this very weird scene where like, you both have guns. Neither one of you wants to fire that gun at each other. Uh, and one of you has a backup coming. And also one of them has to get out of the lake. Like he's in like a fully enclosed dock of a lake that he has to like, drive out of that they could still find and capture him but 
I guess because there's honor among thieves and their chases. But in that scene, uh, prior to that, he puts a bulletproof jacket on a hook on the back of a truck. Yet at the end of the, <laughs> at the end of the film, he somehow has the bulletproof jacket back on. And it's just never is how he got it back after leaving it somewhere else. And there are other moments where he's where like, there's just several props that are moved around in places that, uh, obviously the set director didn't really, uh, Maybe wasn't aware of it, but it just—it looked very choppy. It looked very rushed, and it just didn't—it didn't work. It didn't work, and I'm wondering if that's going to be the uh, the theme of all these films that they just don't work, um, and that that's honestly what my vibe is from this film. We'll see what happens next, and they're in this uh, Army of Dead sequel they're going to do, um, but. My bet is they will continue not to work. Uh, if you're a Zack Snyder fan, like I'm sure you're going to love all his work. If you're someone that tolerates Zack Snyder, this, you're going to notice how bad this film is. Um, again, it's not shot by Zack Snyder. It's shot by um, Matthias Schreckhofer, which he's a star. But it just, honestly, I don't think we need more of these it was a flash in the pan, Army of the Dead. Even then, it wasn't that good. Even then, there were several moments where it's like, what are you doing, Zach? But hey, people love Zack Snyder. And as long as they love him, they're going to keep elevating him in these properties. My hope is that we just wrap up this whole Army of the Dead universe and we move on. Because this is too much. It's too boring. It's too whack. It's too mediocre, y'all. And it doesn't work. Well, folks, uh, that's been me. That's been Marlon's Corner. We are now in November. We're done with Spooktober. Um, I'm going to see if I can find some uh, lovely uh, holiday films, maybe November films to plug in here. My goal is to also try to do some writing as well before we get into the holiday to kind of get uh, those muscles flexed. And also I'll be reaching out to a few of you all to help Marlon's Corner grow some more with some awesome feedback and survey. So if you would like, definitely give us a feed- some feedback on Apple Podcasts or give us feedback on our uh, Instagram page. I definitely want to know how we can grow and improve and do better. I'll also be sending out a survey link uh, to those who request it on Instagram uh, so that we can grow this platform and do more things because, hey, it starts somewhere, right? Uh, with that being said, folks, we'll see you next time uh, where all things are happening in the corner next time on Marlon's Court. Adios. Bye-bye. This episode of Marlin's Corner was produced in Richmond, California. 